0: the blast from our past network.
1: Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are getting back into video game music, which can only mean one thing, and that is good friend of the podcast, Mark, is with me here in studio. Mark, welcome back, man.
2: Tim, always a pleasure to be here, and uh, I think we've both been looking forward to this one for... For, since we did the last one, really, so pretty much, pretty much as <laughs> soon as the last one ended, I was like, "When can we do the next one?" <laughs> yeah, I thought we started working on it that <laughs> night, actually, but I already had my list
1: complete <laughs> before before you left. Um, yeah, for anybody who's not familiar, Mark, you joined uh, all, the last time you joined was for our top ten NES tracks, and damn, that was a fun episode, man. I, I love yeah. these video game music episodes. And we wanted to do something like it again. So here we are.
2: Here we are. But we open it up a little bit this time.
1: Very true, Mark. That is
2: very true. Um, so it's have 10 tr- of our favorite InfernX pieces <laughs> each, <laughs> you have, I believe. You've jumped ahead of me. <laughs> Sorry. Just like Dean would do. I appreciate
1: that. <laughs> uh, Dean's got the week off. Uh, we'll be hearing from him again next week. But yes, um, the top 10 NES tracks was kind of like the best thing that we could have done.
2: It was a great starting point. I mean, well, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a great starting point, but also like, where do you go from there? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we went in really hot with that, that episode because man, we we just, you know, fuck those, that Nintendo music is so awesome. And, but
2: it's, we grew up with it. Right. So I think it's always going to be kind of front and center in our like memories. Right. Definitely. So, I felt like anything that we did after that
1: was going to be taking a step back. You know, I had thought, oh, I guess you know, we did the top ten. Why don't we do eleven through twenty, and then we can do twenty-one through thirty, and you know, and and so Mm -hmm. on. But that didn't seem right. We should, if we were going to do that, we should have started at like fifty, gone to forty, then forty to thirty backwards because you're kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. So I had to put some thought into where to go next with this whole, cause I want to do video game music, but what's going to make sense um, if we want to continue doing it in the future, not just this episode, but if we, if we want to keep going. So I tried to break down why it was important to cover video game music for me. Hmm. And basically I came down to, because I love listening to it. Mm-hmm. I love talking about it mm-hmm. and I love sharing it with other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, basically, I just wanted an outlet to talk about video game music. I mean, why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why
2: why wouldn't you? (laughs) There's no
1: good reason not to just do that, not to talk about it. So, after realizing that, it only made sense to blow this whole thing wide open. Mm -hmm. And to not have any constraints about the music we cover. So, we're calling this volume one of a series where Mark, every so often, you and I will get together, and we will share ten of our favorite video video game tracks. Hell yeah! Any system you want, any game you want, no rules. These aren't top ten lists. Um, it's simply a list of ten
2: tracks that we love. Right, I like it. You you know what's funny though? I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in on that. I actually found myself naturally wanting to make it kind of a bit of a variety like i mean i could have easily gone to a final fantasy game and just picked 10 of my favorite tracks from it but no like i wanted to kind of get a nice mix i don't know if if you had you think you did have the same kind of approach hey i took the same approach
1: yeah um i'm kind of like i'm i'm hoping that in my list at least there will be some like ongoing themes Yep. and commonalities mm-hmm. on my list that will hopefully bring like a feeling of cohesion from volume to volume as we do these. Yep. So I, I definitely tried to do that. I tried to do a mix of stuff, um, not just NES 8-bit, you know, MIDI right. tracks. I tried to get a whole variety of of stuff in here. Um, yeah. So I completely agree with that. Now, while we are going to be counting down from 10 to one, we can choose to place these tracks in any order we want sure yeah there was no there was no like this is my favorite and mm-hmm. this is my least favorite these are 10 tracks that we've just placed in an order now we both put them in a specific order we didn't just th- randomly throw them you know in a list mm-hmm. and hit shuffle mm-hmm. you know we're trying to maybe take the listener on a bit of a ride here you know, we're trying to um, yeah. you know, um, move from one track into another track and, yeah. and you know, uh, maybe have the episode flow in a nice type of way.
2: I, uh, yeah, it's funny. I I didn't intend to get any kind of common themes between the 10 tracks that I picked. It just, but I started to notice them, right? And it's like, oh, that's interesting. They all seem to kind of have this quality to them, uh, which of course we'll talk about once we get into it. But it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I found that happening by accident almost
1: well and what i mean by common themes and or themes and commonalities is that i might have a certain type of track um coming you know this episode and the next one we do and the next one i see and they might even be in the same place in my list right okay Uh, i might create a bit of a flow who knows we'll see Mm -hmm. we're just we're just on volume one here but yeah, like the way that I set my list up is for longevity. I'm hoping that we can do a bunch of these and that they'll f- like feel cohesive if you listen right. to them one after another.
2: Oh, that's putting pressure, Tim. Now I, I got to... It's just me,
1: Mark. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, This is just what I'm doing well, with my list. You know I can't just accept that. Like I have to... You can, Mark. It's... it's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. A know, reminder that we're just doing this for fun. I know. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> don't worry about it. I, I won't. Now... My list for this volume and future volumes will be a collection of some of my favorites, some tracks that I found on other people's lists, and some tracks I randomly stumbled upon for the first time. That's kind of my vibe. Now, before we get into it here, Mark, there's one change from our top NES tracks episode. And in that episode, we did not know each other's list ahead of time. Oh, yes. And now we do. We've Mm -hmm. listened to each other's list. And I just thought this change would make for better conversation around each track instead of just kind of being surprised by it Mm -hmm. and having to react on the spot, we've been able to sit with it for a little bit and, you know, think about the track and think about, you know, what we like.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So let's get going, Mark. I went first last time. So I'm going to let you go first this time.
2: Okay. All right, Tim. Well, um, I thought, you know, this piece was, I think, on my mind even after the NES episode. I may have even played it for you at some point, um, but I thought it would actually be the perfect one to kind of set the stage, or or rather just get us going, because the piece is actually called "Success of Battles" uh, from Final Fantasy IX. So the composer's uh, Nobuo Uematsu. That's your dude. That's my guy. I'm sure I talked about him a lot last time. You did. Um, And uh, so I had to have one. But again, this is a situation where I have not played the game. (laughs) I just started listening to the soundtrack and I loved it. So like what's actually going on in the game, it seems like it would be pretty clear to me. It's called successive battles. When you hear the the track, you're going to be like, yep, that that makes sense. Um, But it seems to me like you're getting close to the end of the game. And it's almost like you have to fight one mini boss after another. So I thought, hey, for all these tracks we're about to go through, let's almost set the stage for like, they're not battles, but each one is kind of like its own little scenario. Right. So, so Tim, I'm going to go ahead and play it. Okay, so, I mean, I think he he does this really well in every Final Fantasy track he's ever done, but um, he just has this way of writing, like, military marches. I just remember them going all the way back to some of the earlier games. They just have such a driving beat, like a really powerful harmonies, you know, and, and the drums and everything. Um, but I wanted to talk about one thing he does musically here, which is... As you would expect for like a military march, everything's very crisp and on the beat. Duh, 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 duh. You know, it's very driving. But then when that's going on, he starts introducing this little idea going on in between the beats. So it's. And it kind of creates a sense of motion and freedom in the rigid military structure he's adding in these very loose flowing kind of ideas that sort of counter that driving main rhythm. Uh, and it creates an interesting effect because he can even kind of like rhythmically extend that area beyond what you'd normally think it should do. Like your ear is waiting for it to resolve and it kind of pushes just a little bit further. Hmm. Um, so I, I really notice this with his music. It's just, he's a master at creating... Rhythms that drive forward. You know, it's it's not obvious how he does it, but he's he he plays with motion. It's it's not just like something that's very square and on the beat all the time. It's like there's driving forces going on, and and so it starts off like that. It builds a bit, and then it kind of does a nice little shift, and then there's a little bridge section, and then it kind of gets into the main force of the piece, but you know going back to the name successive battles like i just picture in like the game like one after another after another of these bosses lining up that you have to go through like one by one and it's just like this epic scene in my head where you know that music's setting the stage and then you finally like get into the actual battles in the later part of the track again this is all my imagination but you know it's just it's a it's just a, a really cool and and powerful and fun little military piece
1: Yeah, I hear you. Um, March is a good way of putting it. I never considered that, but um, yeah, this was a great track to kick things off with. Mm. Um, Mega intense is what came to my mind when I'm listening to this. Uh, I I kind of like pictured the same thing that you did. Like you are in, I mean, it's called Success of Battle, so it's pretty clear what's going on. But Mm. I think Uematsu did a great job of making, you know, the name and the track work. And that is something that I think we're going to touch on a few different times in our lists is how well the name has been put to the music.
2: Yeah, 100%. But
1: you do feel like you're just getting pounded on over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's very intense. This is one of those tracks that would immediately stress me out. If I'm playing this <laughs> game and this track comes on, mm-hmm. you know, well, how am I supposed to look through my inventory and and find what attack I want to do? The the music is <laughs> yeah. like weighing you down. It's right. like a giant hand pushing you into the <laughs> ground, and you're like, I can't, I can't figure. I need, I need time to think. I need a moment yeah. to think, and they don't give it to you. Right? I love they're just that they're pounding yeah. you with this song.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. I also thought it had a very cinematic quality to it. Yeah. So it, it it would have worked in a in a movie as well. It could For have sure. like, it could have fit in in a lot of great, you know, sequences and movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really good start. Uh, I liked that. I thought that was a great way to kick it off. So my first track is from Super Mario Galaxy, a great game. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I think I watched you play it at some point. Probably, yeah. Uh, I would say I had more fun with Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 than I did with the newest Mario, Mario Odyssey. Hmm. I think they both had better level design and tighter controls than Odyssey, and I actually think that's a testament to the motion controls of the Wii. I think that added such a like a fun element to playing this game. But the track I chose is called Battle Rock Galaxy, and I'll play it and then I'll tell you why I chose it.. <music> it feels like you were starting out on this grand adventure. Uh, I could see this track in an Indiana Jones movie. Hmm. I could see this being the theme when Superman gets shot to earth because Krypton mm-hmm. explodes yeah. or I could see this playing in Jurassic Park
2: when you see the dinosaurs for the first time. It's just it's
1: that big.
2: Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned all those and I'm like, "Yep, could see that. Yep, could see that for sure."
1: It's um it's this it's this grand like song and then they ground it in mario with these little like bleeps and bloops very subtly happening in the background Mm. that still reminds you it's a mario game so i feel like mark we're starting out on a grand adventure here with our (laughs) our video game music episodes and i thought that would be a great start
2: yeah i love it i absolutely love that track no but it's just got a nice sound to it um it's got a driving beat and yeah like i it totally is it actually an earlier stage in the game um i i think
1: it's uh i haven't played it in i mean probably 10 years but i think it's the type of game where you can choose what galaxy you want to go to so it's just it's up to you which one you want to do um so okay I mean, you could choose it like number one, or you could choose it like number six I, or something. I think
2: we need to revisit that game at some point. I'd like well, to. I,
1: I I think two is better than one even. So yeah. I think two is just a incredibly amazing work of art. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd sit down and play that anytime.
2: Hmm. All right, Mark, what's your number nine? So my number nine, as you'll recall, my number one... Last time for the Nest tracks was oh, the title theme to Metroid. I, I recall it, Mark.
1: <laughs> well. I, I also recall I had a Metroid yes, at number did. one
2: as well. It was, you had layer at number one, right? I did, yeah. I totally, yeah. I mean, we, we both picked, rightly so. We just followed the basic rules of choosing the best <laughs> NES tracks. <laughs> and I love it we each chose a different one because we, we weren't allowed to choose the same track. <laughs> I pretty
1: much knew what yours was going to be. So yeah, no,
2: yeah,
1: uh, I think it... in an attempt not to double up, I don't know if I would have doubled up. I really would have had to like put some consideration into what I thought was better, yeah. which one of those tracks was better, but uh, I was completely fine putting Craig's layer at number one on my list. I, I
2: was, yeah. I mean, it's one, a one B. However, uh, the music in the sequel—well, I don't know if it's actually the sequel. It isn't actually, but the Super Nintendo version, Super Metroid, has some incredible music. Um, I actually remember once getting in an argument with a, an, another composer about which Metroid <laughs> game had better. It, it didn't almost. Like, I hope it get came to heated, blows. He did, but like, oh, it should have. Uh, I remember at one point he said that's fighting words when I said the music in the original Metroid was better than Super Metroid. I remember feeling like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, but now actually I kind of see his point. Like the music really is that good. Um, So the piece that we're going to listen to is um, it's from, it's really just named after the area of the map you're in, which is called Meridia. Um, There's two, there's two tracks in really every area in the game. And uh, this one's from the Sandy desert reason region, but it's like, it's underwater, but it's somehow like a, desert oh that's so cool it's and then it, like the the life forms like the enemies are just super like alien looking and you're just kind of in this weird open deserty area that looks kind of spacey it's it's a really it's it's a cool vibe but it's also kind of like a lonely vibe like mm-hmm. you know in certain games you just get that sense that you're isolated and uh and kind of lost and that was the beauty of their first metroid game so this area uh, really encapsulates it but this piece contributes a lot to that so i'm going to go ahead and play the piece So, I mean, actually, and here's the, remember if you're, you know, we were talking in the intro about a theme and I, I noticed in the games, the, the track selections I made, they all have a lot more going on in the background. What I mean by that is like the bass, the rhythm, it's like a very low level bass line. It's very busy. And then over top of that, the melody comes in very slowly and almost very quiet and somber. But it's the melody, make no mistake, but it's a very simple, long, drawn-out melody over kind of a driving, like, bass section. And that's the case here. Like, it's like these long, drawn-out notes, you know, and it's everything's just kind of seems slightly edgy and dissonant. And um, I think that's what conjures that feeling of isolation and loneliness, it's all kind of like disjointed. It's not Mm. a pleasing melody. It's everything's kind of like anxiety inducing in a way. And then another beautiful thing about the track is it starts off kind of slow, but then he introduces that kind of driving pulse, like a doom, 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 doom in the bass while it's going on. It's still the same sort of music playing, but that adds a whole new element to it. And then it even picks up again later on where it starts getting even more involved until it comes back to that resting sort of long, spacious Mm -hmm. opening chords. Yeah. I mean, just, I think we talked last time about the genius of how they do the loop Yeah, and how the loop does not seem like a loop. It seems like every part naturally leads into the next part. What, even if it's the end leading into the beginning, it's just all one circular flow right like a circle has no beginning and end it's like the same thing with these tracks and and so when you come back to the beginning of this one it's like a rest it's like a resolution it's like a break from all the driving energy that was going before it i mean and just like being lost in that level with this playing it just again conjures up that first game's uh you know key feature which is that feeling of isolation in an alien world.
1: Yeah. I suspected you'd be pulling a super Metroid out for this episode. <laughs> yeah. So I was taking a look at it, but I decided to leave it alone. <laughs> uh, but you nailed here what I was looking for. I was looking oh, yeah. for a super Metroid track that had the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's just like, yep. it had that feeling of emptiness and loneliness. Yep. Uh, So I actually didn't come across this one. So this is a great poll. Um, but it's just a perfect sounding track for the type of game Metroid is, Yep. right? Like they really nailed what you need to be listening to as you're lost in a level and have no idea where to go and feel like you've gone everywhere. Yeah. And that there is yeah. nowhere else to go. Yeah. Uh, and you're just stuck. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. Super Metroid will probably be hitting my list in the future. Cool. I look forward to it. Now... Mark, get ready to have some fun.
2: Tell me, you know I don't like fun.
1: <laughs> my, my next track is from a Nintendo game. <laughs> I used to play all the time with my friend because it was a great two-player experience in a time where two-player games were few and far between. It was a game based on a Disney property starring everyone's favorite chipmunks. This track is from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And it's called Zone Zero. So I have no idea why it's called zone zero. It's actually level one, but if a video game track could do cocaine Mark, this is what it would be. It is this track. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it, pretty, uh, it's pretty upbeat. It, it suits the level so good too. Um, Cause your character falls from the sky as the music starts. It, it kicks in. You start running really fast. Like your characters can right. move fast like mm-hmm. chipmunks. And then there's boxes and apples everywhere. And once you learn that you can pick them up and throw them, that's all you're doing. You're throwing box after box. You, <laughs> you just, you rifle them all the way across the screen. They'll go through the screen and out. There's like mechanical bulldogs and stuff like that. And everything is so fast, so fast paced that it's just such a perfect, perfect <laughs> like song to get you in the vibe to go as fast as you can <laughs> and throw as many boxes as possible. <laughs> and like you were saying before, like this really just p- pushes you through the game. Right. This is something we talked about last episode as well as how sometimes music will just make you want to go. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you pick up the game, the music starts and you're like, I have to run as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And this is a great example of that. I love how the first seven seconds in the track, they build up your anticipation, but they don't give anything away with it. Like, after that seven seconds, I feel like the track could go anywhere. Right. Yeah. And when it finally drops, it's a bit goofy, but it's just really fun and uh, a really uppity melody. So. Yeah. Uh, that That's why I wanted to bring this one to the episode. I, yeah. It's just a classic fun Nintendo game yeah. sound. It, it's and a it's... classic eight bit, like, yeah, goofy, goofy game, but you know, great job of of fitting the music to what you're
2: actually doing in the mm-hmm. game. Totally. No, I don't got much to say other than, yeah, it's just a fun track. Now, Mark, number eight, what do you got? So, um, I have a track from a game that is, I think, widely regarded as one of the best games, well, I guess of all time, if you grew up at a certain day and age. Um, but from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, it's a track called Rainbow Cemetery. The composer is uh, Michiru Yamane, and uh, I mean, I think again, she like the composer for the first Castlevania game. I'm not sure that she had much experience before this game, and like this whole soundtrack is not only is it so good, it's like the range of style that's covered from track to track is actually quite amazing. There's like jazzy elements. In fact,
0: well, there's even, a bit of that in this track. There's
2: a bit of that in this track. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. Um. And like anything from like vocal pieces that are like sad, like dirges to like, you know, organ music. And then there's just the classic Castlevania sounding. Track. And this is a classic Castlevania track. Yeah. Um. So Yeah, I'll go ahead and play uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Rainbow Cemetery. Okay. So again, we have like just a nice driving pulse going on. Like the repetitive part that's driving is just kind of in the background almost. And then again, the melody slowly gets introduced bit by bit. It's very sparse melody. It's even in this case, just the little stabbing of like horn synthesizer sounds coming in. But what's fascinating is if you just had the background thing going over and over and over, which you do and nothing else, it would sound repetitive. But because it's so pleasant sounding in the first place, and it's kind of got a nice driving beat, it just means you need a very minimal melody to come in and kind of like keep it feeling new and fresh the whole time, right? And that's Mm. what those little notes coming in, those little horn sounding notes coming in accomplish. It's like, it's giving it a sense of fresh momentum throughout the whole thing. And then you get to this really interesting middle section where it's like these very off-color chords, off-color rhythms coming in. It's like a very jazzy kind of sound, and it's introduced by the, a piano, which is the first time you hear that, and then it goes back to kind of the, the beginning again, but then you get this ending part where the piano kicks in and kind of plays along, and it's almost like in a dialogue with those little horn notes. So again, it's like these composers... They make the most of their two minutes or whatnot. Yeah. They write a full piece in two minutes. Right. That's still fun and active and and moving forward, but it's got a definite beginning and an end. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, like that classic Castlevania sound is just, um, you know, uh, obviously present in this game. Um, So. It wasn't too present in that track, though, for
1: me. No, uh, no, that that seemed like a bit different. Like you mentioned, the jazz feel, it, it did have that. Um, those horns that you're talking about that, like, it sounded a bit like a saxophone to me, yeah, which I thought was a really bold choice to, yeah. to throw that in there, but it really worked. But yeah, I didn't get a lot of Castlevania out of it, which is fine. I know Sym- Symphony of the Night has so many tracks, and I, you know, mm. some of them are Castlevania, some of them aren't. Um, but this one I didn't really think it was, but. I love the name of the track, Rainbow Cemetery. Yeah. What a cool name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the energy that the track brings. Mm-hmm. It sounds magical to me. It's got like a bit of a mm-hmm. n- magical feel. Enchanted or something. Yeah, enchanted. That's a better mm-hmm. better word, which is, that's a nice fit for Castlevania.
2: Well, so it's interesting you say that it doesn't feel like Castlevania. To me, it feels almost tangentially related. Like it's like all, almost like, expanding the the Castlevania universe in terms of its aesthetic a little bit broader than it was before. But it's to me, it still feels like it belongs. Here's what I will say. The track sounds very versatile. I feel
1: like this track could show up in almost any game, Mm. in almost any situation, and it might work. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the vibe I get from it. So I think... Maybe that's why it has that feel for you um, because I don't – because it just doesn't for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't think this works within the Castlevania environment. Right, right. Yeah. So that's it's, just my opinion. I, I, It's weird. Like if I just – I could put this in a Final Fantasy game. I could see this in a Legend of Zelda game. You know, yeah. I, I could see them working in different scenarios, and I think that's a, that's a tough thing to do because a lot of these tracks that we're going to be playing – are pretty specific to, you know, the game and to what's going on. So I think this is one of the more rare occurrences where it's just this track that might work wherever.
2: Hmm. Actually, uh, yeah, I would say you're absolutely right. Although I think our first two choices had a little bit more of that universal. I think we even talked about it, like the Super Mario Galaxy one could have shown up in a few different, you know, ideas. Same with that Final Fantasy one, the Success of Battles. Like they kind of had a universal appeal that they're just great tracks. Let's face it, they would. belong yeah. pretty I, much. Not not as much as this one though. Like I almost
1: I almost feel like this one, you could be starting off a game in your house, and it could be this music. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be running through the forest, and it could be this music. You could be in a library, and it could be this music. Yeah, I, I feel like it. Yeah. I feel like this works wherever. But that's mm-hmm. just my opinion. But. Anyway, it's, a, it's, a great track. it's a great track. I don't agree with it. <laughs> it's a great track. <laughs> <laughs> so next up for me, my number eight is a song from a game called Road 96. This game is an adventure RPG where you play as a number of different teenagers, and you can play them one at a time. You can choose who you want to start with. And you're basically trying to escape the fictional country of Petria, because children are going missing or being found dead at the hands of a political tyrant running the country.
0: Hmm.
1: You start at the bottom of a map and you need to travel to the border, which is at the top of the map and cross the border into safety. As you make your way to the border, you'll meet several different non-playable characters who teach you about the world. There are characters that you should trust. There's characters that you should not trust And you're given choices along the way that will affect the outcome of your game. Hmm. It's a really great example of non-linear storytelling in video games, Hmm. uh, which is why I like it. It was very refreshing. There's lots of unique gameplay mechanics, but my favorite mechanic in the game was collecting cassette tapes. Now, sometimes you'd find a cassette tape on the ground. Sometimes you'd be given one by an NPC And sometimes you could steal one. If you saw a car, you could go into it, take the cassette. But once you have a cassette, you carry it with you for the rest of the game. And anytime you find a cassette player, you can sit down and listen to your tapes. So my next track is one of the cassettes you get. Oh, cool. You receive it at a really nice point in the game. It was kind of early on. You're kind of not sure about the game and and if you're safe. And you just found someone that you could trust. Like you hang out with them for the evening in a trailer park. Uh, You feel very safe and comfortable and you're sitting by a campfire under the stars when the song comes on and this character gives you the cassette.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: So before I play it, what I really love about this track is that it was, and I'm calling it a track. This is more like a song. This one is actually a song and it was written specifically for the game. So the lyrics are very meaningful to the experience that you're playing uh, of this these teenagers alone and scared, traveling hundreds of miles through the desert, trying to find safety. Hmm. So I wanted to read the lyrics to the song before I play it. Uh, it's like a poem. Every time I hear this song, it, I get chills. This hmm. is just one that just gives me chills. I think it's just such a beautiful song to be in a video game. Uh, the lyrics are, there is a place all travelers go, when sleep won't come, when cold winds blow. When the sun meets the ground, I'll find you there. I'll be waiting, but for now I'm gone, so far from home. So that song hit really hard the first time you hear it in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was great. You get that cassette. And (laughs) whenever I found a cassette player, I'd put it on. I was always playing this cassette. (laughs) I loved listening to it. There was one point in the game, I found a hidden pond behind the mountains. And there was a dock and there was a lawn chair and there was a cassette player.
2: Come on. And
1: they just set it up for you to sit there, put on your favorite cassette and just look out on the water which is exactly what I did. I pro I put the controller down. I put my cassette in, and I just sat by the lake or this no little pond way. for about twenty minutes. That is just fantastic. listening to my music. I love it at this beautiful setting. Oh, so, was,
2: what a great idea to do that!
1: Really cool idea. You know, I haven't really come across something like that where no. you want to investigate more of the game to try to find more of these cassettes, so that you've got this library of music you can right. take with you on the way. So that's beautiful. I
2: love that idea.
1: Yeah, really cool uh neat game, very neat indie game that
2: uh really blew me away, so uh that's why I wanted to bring that one to the episode. It's uh, it stands out as like a different than all the tracks we've played so far and probably all the ones we'll play after. It's because it's got that song element. I mean it in a way almost reminded me of like Edward Sharp or something like that. Um kind of, but just a beautiful, like, and it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned we listened to our our lists before we did the episode. Um, I listened to it, I liked it, but I didn't have that context, right? And now that you offered that, it makes it way more like, oh yeah, that, that's right on. That's cool.
1: Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I think expanding this to kind of all video games mm-hmm. is a good idea because there's stuff like this out there that I want to share with everybody. uh, That's not going to happen if we're just covering, you know, the top 10. Yeah. Classic nest tracks, but uh, all right, Mark, it's your number seven.
2: All right. Well, (laughs) I almost feel bad about this one because it's like the complete opposite of that track. I know that's fine. That's uh, the ebbs and flows of this episode though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like literally like it's going to be jarring after how soft and beautiful it's Every, sort of like
1: everybody just take a break go get a glass of water yeah, it, you yeah. know just uh, go outside see what the weather's like and then come
2: back maybe turn down the volume on your, <laughs> your headphones a little bit too um because this track is from a game that I, i'm pretty sure it was you that introduced me to it i think so yeah i definitely played it it was for ps2 right uh um, P- yeah ps2 yeah this was ps2 yeah yeah so shadow of the colossus which is i think i guess we can say by now a, a pretty classic game yeah it was remade for the ps4 that's right with like enhanced graphics but otherwise... enhanced
1: graphics and i think they touched up the controls which were oh, fucking annoying in yeah in, on the ps2 was... game my one beef was how rough the controls were
2: it's a bit of a, a bit of a steep learning curve that game eh? Or like unforgiving
1: with the controls were yeah they were unforgiving yeah yeah
2: but uh, one thing that would have helped you in the midst of those frustrations is the soundtrack. Um, but it's interesting. I didn't listen to the whole soundtrack again. I knew that I wanted this this piece, but I don't remember them all being like. I think this one stands alone as kind of like the most intense.
0: Of yeah, the tracks agree. And, agree with that. and the
2: name kind of um, gives it away. The track name is called "Revived Power," which I mean come on, that's just awesome. And like you were talking, uh, I think with the, the Chippendale rescue Rangers about like a, a piece giving you energy, right? Well, (laughs) this one's literally called revived power. Like if you put this on when you're working out or something, you're going to get some, you're going to get some stuff done. Um, so, well, why don't we, why don't I play the track and, uh, we'll talk after. Yeah, I mean, just a few points. Like, this is one of those ones that kind of speaks for itself. Like, there's there's not much to say other than it's just relentless and driving. But, like, if you think about the game, there's all these, like, somber, quiet pieces. Because there's that whole element when you're not fighting these colossi, where you're kind of wandering this beautiful landscape, or you're in your temple, or whatever. But this is one where it's like, you're in the midst of fighting some titanic creature. And I mean, that was the thing about that game. The scale of things was just like unprecedented. And so it's music that matches that. You are literally climbing on some massive entity and and trying to find these spots, hanging on for dear life. And this is pumping in the background. I mean, it's just after like the quiet journey to get there, to be hit with this, like it's a total adrenaline rush. It's, It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I loved the game. I mean, I would recommend anybody like play the remake on PS4. It's such a unique game because you find these giant colossus, right? And you get into this epic battle with them. You're climbing their body. You're trying to figure out how to, you know, get up. You know, can you? If if they've got some rock on them, you can't climb the rock. But if you can find a patch of fur, maybe you can climb the fur, and then you gotta. Got to figure out how to get from like the ankle to the knee, and then the knee to the hip, and then the hip to the chest, and the the chest to the arm, and then the arm up to the head. There's all these different steps along the way. It's like an entire level, just trying to climb up one of these colossi. Yeah. But there's like there's twenty of them in the world, Mm -hmm. but the world is so big, it's hard to find them. Mm -hmm. It's this really unique way that they created this game where you're on your horse, you're riding around, and there's nothing. There's nobody around. You no. can't find, you can't find them. No. And like it takes like a lot of searching to come up, come upon one of these giants. And, uh, like just for that, it was a really, really yeah. interesting
2: game. They played with the concept of scale so well in that game. Yeah. Um,
1: like this, this is a great choice. Um, really strong fantasy vibe I got from the track. Yep. I think it's perfectly suited for the game. Uh, and this game had probably the most rewarding ending that I've ever experienced in a game. So I'm not gonna ruin it for oh, anybody. Yes, I don't wanna yes, do any yes, spoilers, yes, yes. but I remember that. if you yes. play this game, you will be rewarded. I think there's multiple the though, isn't aren't
2: there multiple endings?
1: Uh, I'm not aware of multiple endings, but Okay. There's
2: there's a few stages
1: to the ending.
2: Okay. Maybe but that's just one one,
1: one portion of the ending was more than I could have asked for right. out of Okay, out of I the think game. I know what
2: you're talking about, yeah. All right. Yeah, so awesome. good, good choice. On to you for, what is it? Your number seven?
1: Yeah, my number seven, I wanted to squeeze my next track into this episode because it came close to being my number three in our last episode, in our top oh. 10 Nest tracks. I gave my number three to a different track from Mega Man 2, so it's time to give this one its due. From Mega Man 2, I have Bubble Man Stage. Nice, I love this one. I find this a really, really deep and well-layered track. It's got great pacing. I like how the melody is presented by a few different pitches. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, sometimes the track is high. Sometimes the track is low. Uh, I love that it's using actual Mega Man sound effects within the track. Yeah. Which is something I always right. enjoy out of video game tracks is when like elements that could be happening in the level are happening in the music. So you're not quite sure if, you know, did I just get hit by something? Um, no, I didn't. That was just the the track playing that sound. Mm-hmm. So I always appreciate that. Um, it's just a really quality track off of one of the best soundtracks i think there is.
2: Yeah, uh and distinctly mega man. You know, we were Very talking about like mega how man. games can be sort of more different scenarios, but no, that's like a mega man track through and through and yeah, uh, somehow they took the music in mega man 2 and made it as iconic as the music in mega man 1. More so, i would say. I would disagree, but that's well, then it. we're gonna fight each other. Okay, right now. well, you're gonna win that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, so as I was saying, Mega Man two clearly superior. <laughs> no, um, but I mean, yeah, it's just a smooth, good track that it's just a nice mix of different qualities, almost right. Like, yeah, and I just love the splashing in that level too. Right when you're entering the water, somehow they just gave eight bit sound such character mm-hmm. somehow you know it's just a really well-structured track
1: yeah yeah i'm a huge fan of that one uh every time i hear it i forget how good it is and mm-hmm. then i play it and i remember i'm just like man that is such a great track but uh that whole game is just full of them yeah uh okay mark you're number six
2: all right so uh number six, I've got a track from a game called Hyperlate Drifter. Now I couldn't remember, have you played this? I'm familiar with this
1: game, but it's one that I never I never got around to for some reason.
2: So I didn't actually play it. I watched a friend play it a little bit. Uh looked like an incredible game. It
1: looks great.
2: Like in and, and the thing about this game, both the music but the art style as well. Very singular, like very unique, kind of original. Conceptual work, um, and that's I mean, what, I, w-
1: I would consider it like a real throwback to the eight bit era, with like yeah. modern development touches to it.
2: Yes, exactly. It's that nice blend of of old and new, um, but with preserving the ideals of the old, I guess. Um, anyway, this track is fascinating to me. Uh, it the artist, uh, the composer is is someone whose uh, name is well. Their their handle, I guess, is Disaster Piece, uh, but the real name is uh, Richard Vreeland. And um, so, uh, full disclosure: there's another one of his tracks I put on this list without even realizing it at the time. I was going to ask you
1: about that because I I picked up on that and I yeah. wondered if there's anything to that. Uh, uh,
2: not intentionally, but then when I actually like figured that out and recognized it, I'm like, wow, they're totally different tracks. And I think they are, a, but I can see how it it came from
1: the same guy. yes, yes. and I, I think sorry to like jump jump on no, it no, here, no, but no, I, I think it also both of those pieces play to what you're talking about your theme is with like sort of underarching yes, um bass tracks yes. with yes. then the melody layered over top, right? That's one thing I picked 100%. up very much from both of these tracks mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. so.
2: Yeah and um and they're vastly different but they both have that same theme. The interesting thing about him, he actually has written 8-bit soundtracks for games that don't exist. Okay. So he's written albums of 8-bit like chiptunes music and there's no game to them, but they're they could be an awesome soundtrack to a game. So.
1: We uh, re- we covered something like that recently when we were covering um our Retro Bowl episode mm. a little while back. The guy who made the music for that he just makes 8-bit music. He throws it on YouTube mm-hmm. and it's free for anybody to use as long as you credit him.
2: Oh, that's and awesome. And he just makes
1: 8-bit music. That's awesome. And I mean, it's a great 8-bit track. It's a, it's so you good. You got to send me
2: the link to that actually. Yeah, I he's, he's quality. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. So, yep. So here's the track. Hyper Light Drifter is the game and the track is actually called The Hermit. Like what an interesting piece of music. Yeah. Uh, one thing I kind of realized in, in listening to it a bit at work today was it's almost like four different pieces, sorry, four different sections of different pieces stitched together. Okay. Because what you're, what you have is like an irregular rhythm, irregular harmonies, everything's just kind of awkward, but it totally works together. Mm -hmm. It's this kind of like patchwork piece where like suddenly it just shifts into a new section and it's like, it totally sounds like the same piece, but it's just a totally, it's a different facet. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound
1: all that melodic, right? It it sounds like notes that shouldn't work together
2: and they don't really work together, but the piece
1: seems to work. It does. It works.
2: Yeah. It's, uh. But at times it sounds kind of joyful and at times it sounds kind of like ominous and and creepy, right? Um, And the rhythm shifts, you got those powerful drums kind of pounding in the background. Uh, Some really cool synth sounds, like a lot of distortion in there. It's very reverberated kind of sound. Um, This one just sounds out as a different approach to a soundtrack like altogether, Um, which again, just seeing... Bits of the game kind of aligns very well with the art and the gameplay, but um, yeah, I just love unique uh, visions for games, and I have not heard a soundtrack piece like this one before. It, it's quite different.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a that was a piece I really enjoyed. Um, that was a really it was really weird. It's a really like weird video game track, but if I heard that in a game, I'd be so excited. (laughs) Like I'd I'd be so down to, to have that in the game. I haven't played that game before. I'm not sure what type of level that is in, but I got a very like wasteland vibe from it. Like definitely maybe you're traveling through like a, a, an area that, is poisonous, or there's just not a lot of life, or something like it had. I think it had that
2: feel to it. I think you're actually on point there. I, I don't want to like for anyone who's played the game and who's listening to this. It's like no, that's not right. <laughs> I, I can't say for sure, but I, I seem to recall. And it's called the Hermit. Yeah, a great name, the Hermit. Yeah, I, it may even be played during an end boss fight. Like it's okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's de- I definitely agree with the way you describe the mood. Yeah, great choice. Uh, I love hearing
1: kind of unique stuff like that. And that you're right. That is unique to video games. You don't often get that. So it's always refreshing to hear something like that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, my number six, Mark, you introduced me to this one. Uh, I love how this track starts and slowly builds to the 32nd mark where it turns into an amazing and ominous sounding like dungeon track. Uh, I love how this one, I love how this one progressed. My number 6 from Final Fantasy 6 is Phantom Train. Ah uh, yes. So this track really works for me because of the way the inside of the train looks like when you're playing this level.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're, you're actually in a train. Certain rooms have a very distinct, like old castle feel to it. Yep. There's wooden floors, there's red rugs, Yep. there's brass couches with green felt on them. And I can see a Castlevania inspiration in the graphics and also in this track. Huh, interesting. That's what I really, really liked about it. A very cool part in the game where uh, you come with your team to an abandoned train station. You get on an abandoned train and it just leaves with you all on board.
2: Well, and and in the game two, if you recall, one of the characters on your in your party... Uh, has just actually lost his family and they are spirits on the train. And like, he basically, I think rushes onto the train and you have to kind of like go with him. Um, because you know, it's like this whole thing where the train is haunted. So it's yeah. just a bunch of ghosts on it and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah well, it's, it's cool. Cause as you make your way
1: through the train, mm-hmm. uh, you eventually learn that the train itself is alive. Yes. It is the phantom train. Yes. And you have to fight it. So it's just like, it's a really smart, <laughs> smart level. I love that the the track name Phantom Train is actually what you're going to fight at the end of the level. It's right. the train itself. Uh, yeah. Love the style of the art in the game. And I, I really like the choice of music for that level.
2: It's got a nice kind of like playful quality, but it, sinister. it is playful. Yeah. It, it's sinister than playful. Yeah. yeah. I love the funny little thing. One of your characters is like a... Sort of a wrestler type, and you can actually do a suplex move on enemies, and it allows you to (laughs) you you can suplex suplex the the train, train. right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) nice touch. (laughs) Yeah,
1: when you need uh, when you need to do max damage, suplex the train. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, All right, Mark, we're at your number five. What do you got? Okay. Well, as mentioned, it's just another piece by Disaster Piece um, or Richard Freeland. So this is from a game called Fez. Again, I mean, I, I it's funny. I like hardly I played maybe half of these games. I've never played Fez. Um, but I think after hearing the Hermit and the Hyperlight uh, Drifter soundtrack, I checked out more of his work, and then I came across Fez. And like, okay, this opening piece is just. Uh, I think you were talking about it. It's like you can tell it's the same composer, but it's a totally different style. And uh, I, actually, let's just go ahead and play this, and uh, we'll talk after. So, and the piece is called Adventure, from the game Fez. This piece is a, a masterpiece or it's a, a perfect example of how to layer a piece of music. It's just starting with a very basic idea. And and I actually recommend listening to this one with headphones. Uh, and, you know, the more you can pick out little subtleties because some of the, the the voices that get introduced along the way are very subtle. They're hard to pick up. But I think with headphones on, you can kind of tease out those little things because it's the beauty of it is in the layering. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's this thing where the, the layers form a very solid structure that in and of itself doesn't really go anywhere too much. But then it, what it does is it, it sets the stage for the melody, which is, again, a very sparse, slow melody that just kind of builds over time. But the other interesting thing is your brain internalizes and kind of relaxes into the, the sort of regularity of it so that when there is a major shift, like later on, it's just that much more pronounced, right? Because it's like, oh, wow, it, it suddenly shifted. And it may not be the biggest shift, but you've been kind of lulled into a sense of stability from what came before. So it's, right. it's a very impactful kind of uh, shift this guy's this guy's
1: a genius for, I, for I last, have to agree the I, last two tracks uh, your your last two tracks here uh, this was my favorite track that you brought uh this time. Uh, nice. I heard this one, and I was like, I've never heard of this game before. uh, this track blew me away, mm-hmm. which is strange because it's it's not as involved as some of the other tracks that you've right. brought. It is you know, maybe a little bit more simple in in its nature, but there's something really awesome about it that I just, I really loved. I love the synth wave vibe, which you don't actually get a lot from video games. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's pretty rare. I feel like if you're going to get synth wave, it's probably going to be some sort of racing game because that's kind of where yep. I feel like synth wave fits, but really neat hearing this. Um, have you played this game? No. Have you, seen, have you seen say, what this game
2: looks like? Uh, I think it's kind of blocky, and I think it's a puzzle game. It looked really cool. Did, so you, did you look at the gameplay?
1: I checked out the gameplay, yeah. It, it It is like, you know, the graphics look sort of like maybe Super Nintendo-ish. You yeah. know, it's definitely an indie game. Um, you're kind of obviously on a bit of an adventure. That's the name of this track. Yeah, right. the, the game's like an adventure. You kind of get caught up in some ordeal, you're just like an average, you know, character, you look weird. You have like a big block head and a kind of like a small body. And it looked like any ledge that you see, you can jump on. So Hmm. anything, even if it's in the background, like if you're in your house and there's a picture frame, if there's just a platform, if there's anything flat, you can jump on it. So everything is jumpable and you kind of like progress your way through the game like that. But the real unique gameplay element comes into play where picture um, your house and you've got your front door. Well, you can rotate the screen to go around to the side of it. And you can rotate your screen to go around to the back of it. And you can rotate your screen to go around to the other side of it. So everything in the world can be rotated and is a 3D element. So if you need to go in the back door you rotate the screen a couple times and you go into the back door. Huh? So it looked really neat. Like it looked fun. <laughs> it's a well, quality, like a quality put together game and, uh, the music, uh, definitely.
2: I, I think uh, it it's, I think it was a pretty popular game or it was a pretty well established or well-regarded game. I mean, I'm just surprised I've never heard of I it know, before. I know. It, that really surprises uh, me. Yeah. Um so it's not a puzzle game then. <laughs> well,
1: you're figuring stuff out, right? Like oh, okay. you're still gonna be figuring puzzles out. Right. You know, like how do you how do you get to the next area or whatever? You mm-hmm. have to, you know, maybe go find this item. Where is it? I don't know. I looked at my house. Okay. Oh, well, you only looked at the front, the front of your house. Did you, right. you know, flip your screen a couple times and rotate your house to the back where there might be something hiding behind a bush? Hmm. So I mean it, it kind of felt, you know, like a little bit like maybe like a Zelda. Okay, yeah. 2D Zelda adventure, but you're mm-hmm. just rotating things to you know That's a to cool add concept. a new
2: a new element I'll, I'll, to it. I'll, I'll look into some gameplay on it for sure. It was cool,
1: man. A great track though. I absolutely love it. All right, what do you got next? You're number five, right? My number five. Now Sonic the Hedgehog is near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. because the Sega Genesis was the first video game console that I saved my money for and bought all by myself. Nice. Uh, Now, the Super Nintendo and Genesis were very tough to get your hands on when they came out, especially here in Canada. In 89, the Genesis was released with Altered Beast as the video game (laughs) pack-in. Yep. And by the time I had enough money saved up, the Genesis was being released with Sonic. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In the summer of 91, about a month after Sonic was released as a pack-in, we took a family trip to the U.S., and stopped in at Target, hoping that I could pick up a Genesis with Sonic. They had the Genesis, but they only had the Altered Beast version. Uh. So we talked to an employee who said that they'd be getting the Sonic set later that week. Mm-hmm. So I bought the Altered Beast version to make sure I got a Genesis. Yeah. And then on our way back from our holiday, we stopped back in and... Mark, there is little else in the world that feels as good as being a kid, running through a store to the toy aisle (laughs) and seeing something that you really want in stock and on the shelf. Mm -hmm. So we got back to that target. I ran to the aisle. I looked to the top shelf, which is where the Genesis were placed. Mm -hmm. And I saw a Genesis box with Sonic on it.
2: And I'll never forget it. (laughs) So you were were able to swap out? I swapped
1: out the system and I was a proud owner of the Genesis with Sonic. And the game did not disappoint, I'm guessing? Didn't disappoint. Uh, It was amazing. I don't remember the drive home. It was just a blur. But when we got home, I had Sonic. I unpacked it. I played it. It was great. Sonic has a really great soundtrack. Mm -hmm. This is one of the games where I easily could have chosen any track from the game. It's that good. But what I went with was level three Marble Zone. So a very unique sound for a video game. Um, I remember Sonic being like one of the first games where the soundtrack sounded more like music and less like, you know, 8-bit tracks. Yeah. Uh, It was very, very interesting, very unique. Um, I think that's why I wanted to choose it. It's just it was something so different at the time. And the game was something very different at the time, right? Like the, the actual speed of Sonic the Hedgehog was something to behold. Like this game was moving way faster than any other game had at that time. Yeah. Like the, the way that the screen could keep up with how fast you were going through some scenarios was really impressive. It It was really, really technically impressive. Mm -hmm. And then they throw this really awesome soundtrack at you at the same time. Uh, It's no wonder that that really like helped Sega become a powerhouse in video gaming.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But yeah, it also, uh, Mark, I don't know if you uh, watched the Police Academy movies
2: at all. Oh, but yeah. I mean, when I uh, was super young. This track
1: know. 100% reminds me of the Blue Oyster bar theme. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're asking a lot for me to remember back. <laughs> to anybody, back to if anybody things. remembers, this is what it reminds me of. So, uh, yeah, that's why I uh, chose Old old Sonic. Mark, what's your number four?
2: Okay, uh, number four. We are going back to a Nobuo Uematsu. This time from Final Fantasy VIII. Last time was nine, uh, and I had to pick this track because I think this is one of the most effective tracks at conveying an idea with music. Like it's it's like so clear. And again, haven't yeah. played it. Uh, and I almost don't want to, because in my mind, I've already got it mapped out. I don't need to. It's funny you say that. Cause I mapped it out as well. Like I have. <laughs> like, yeah. No, just... I, I, that's just it. That's how effective it is. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it's funny. I was actually like studying it a little bit and I'm like, well, why does it, how does it conjure that up? And I'll talk about that a bit, okay. but it's final fantasy eight and the track is jailed. So, okay, the track is called Jailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can hear it. It feels like it. <laughs> and, I, you know, so there's a few reasons. There's a few little techniques, I think, that Uematsu used here. Number one, the music's not going anywhere. The, and it's not just one part of the track. It's funny because there's actually different, like, voices or channels of the track that are playing at different rhythms, but they're none of them are going anywhere but together they're kind of keeping it from being stagnant yeah so it's like it's mm. like the the clear picture is somebody pacing in their jail cell yeah exactly there's a pacing feeling there's a restless you're stuck but you're there and you're just kind of it's moving but it's not moving it's just all so static um so a couple ways that he does that it's going up and it's going down so that that main three note you know, bum, 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 bum. It's just going back and forth. And then the bass is going back and forth, but the bass is doing it in twice the time. Mm. Right? So it's it's asking a question and then it's coming back down. And it's like, nope, still in jail. It's like it's always testing the boundaries of where the music can play, but it's always coming back to the fact that you're stuck. It's just such a fascinating concept uh to to sort of play with now even like i know from from studying music the three notes that are being played there are um actually a broken chord but that chord is the one that usually happens before the last chord of the piece where everything resolves it's like a chord that sort of leads into the final chord so the beauty of that is you know, our brains are trained to hear chords like that. And we're always thinking, ah, the resolution's coming, but it never comes. So even the actual notes that he's using, try to make you think like you're trying to get out, but you don't. Hmm. It's, it's just a, another little technique that he uses. Um, cool. And the hi-hat, that little, tss, 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 that's like a foot tapping. Oh yeah. You know, like it's just, Somehow he creates all of these kind of ideas uh, using notes. But then later on, it kind of gets to a point where something actually does happen, and, and there is some sort of, like, something beyond the static. But it it almost sounds like the, the person's thoughts. You know, hmm. there's, like, a sense of anxiety and a sense of, like, ah, crap, like, I'm trapped here. Yeah, You know, beyond just the being trapped, it's, like, introducing an element of actual, like, Feeling or, or, you know, ideas, uh, into it. So right, it's like they're walking around the cell for a bit. They're poking the bars. Yep.
1: Then they sit down on the bed and they tap their foot. And they maybe get back up and walk around again. Then they realize, oh yeah, there's no way out of here. Yeah, they're, yeah, exactly, Dude, exactly right, yeah,
2: exactly. I, and to create that with just such a simple little piece. That is why I think he's such a genius. Is, and he does that time and time and time again throughout those games. Yeah, this was another great choice. Um,
1: another great name to match the track. Yeah. Like it, it's <laughs> perfect. Jailed.
2: You, you can you can
1: picture it happening. You can picture this person in the jail. Um, whenever you're trapped in a cell in video games, the music always slows down. Like mm-hmm. it, it slows down for that reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, <laughs> I love... The, the simplistic nature of this track, because in the game, you need your wits about you to figure out how to get out, right? Mm-hmm. You have to solve a puzzle to get out. Can you imagine if you were in a jail in the game and Successive Battles was pounding in the background? <laughs> yeah, good you luck. F- good luck figuring good luck. <laughs> out how to get out. Like it's, it's calm enough music that you know you need to figure something out mm-hmm. and it doesn't get in your way. It's not yeah, going to get in yeah. the way of your brain actually trying to figure out your way out of the cell. No, no. And neither, neither of us actually know if you're well, in, no, hey, in the sure, cell or yeah, not. But this is all, again, imagine This is like, hypothetically speaking. Uh, I think it's perfect. Like, I can just yeah. see the level starting. You're locked in the cell. Yeah. The music starts. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure yeah. your way out. And the music is just
2: supporting you in your journey. Absolutely. So, and it, it's really it. pulling you into the character situation. Yeah. Again, assuming that that's the situation. Tim, I think we're on to your number four. So while the Genesis was the first system
1: I ever bought, first console, the Game Boy was the second. Mm. Now, portable gaming opened up a whole new world to me. And the first game I had, I think still holds up today. The soundtrack is incredible, not only because of how great the tracks are, but also because of the limitations of the Game Boy sound chip. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't think the Game Boy could pump out, you know, a track like this. So it's very surprising the quality that you get out of this. Uh, I used to play myself to sleep with this game. I would just start it, you know, play the game, finish the game, listen to the ending music and fall asleep. Mm. Um, Not playing the ending music today, but from Super Mario Land... I'm playing the Biributo Kingdom theme. That's another one of these these tracks that's just so full of life. It's so full of energy. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Um, It's a very pleasant sounding track. Mm -hmm. When you hear it, you can definitely tell like there's a bit of a Mario Brothers influence to it, but at the same time, they created a unique sound for this game, which I uh, which I like. Mm -hmm. The pace quickens as you get later in the track. Like if if you're you know. If your time's running out, it uh, it picks up in speed a couple times. I sold my Game Boy a long time ago, which I've always regretted. Hmm. <laughs> I never should have done that, but I still have this game, and I can play it on my 3DS. So uh, I still play it from time to time. It's a great game. It's not all that hard. It's all the Mario fun that you'd want. There's only four worlds, so it's like half as long as a you know a traditional NES Mario game. And there's a plane shooter level, which is super satisfying. You're just Mario in a little plane, and you can fly around shooting no at people. Yeah, it's a it's a great game. A uh, really good soundtrack, and uh, that's the uh, the track that I decided to bring today.
2: Very nice. So we're at your number three, Mark. Ah, okay. This is not a pleasing sounding track. Uh, I mean, it is to me, but... um, It's pleasing in a different way. It's pleasing in a different way. It's a totally different sound, though. So the game is Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo, which was a phenomenal game. Um, Did you play it? Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, there are three characters, and I'm pretty sure if you had some rare Super NES setup and all the controllers, you could play three people at the same time. Okay. Uh, and, and which is like, wow, on of for Super yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's an RPG. It's an RPG. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's like an action RPG. Like, you know, it's not turn-based. Like you're oh, okay. actually like, you know, the whole thing is sort of live, right? There's no, yeah. you can pause to bring up a menu to like cast a spell or something, but generally speaking, you're moving around and, and fighting and all that in real time. Cool. Um but there's some really creepy stuff in the game. Like uh, there's like a sinister dark kind of force at work and like at various parts it like it launches an attack on some like, you know, village or something and it leaves it like a wasteland. There's like, nice, you know, evil enemies and ghosts and stuff and it's sort of haunted. And whenever that would happen in the game, this track would come on and the track's name is oddly called ceremony, but it, Definitely has kind of a sinister, dark quality to it. It's not like a happy ceremony. It's like the ceremony that witches and yeah. vampires would do at yeah. midnight in a graveyard, yeah, uh, kind of thing. So, awesome. which you know is a totally legit ceremony. I'm just, uh, yeah, that's that's totally fine. I I I, I wouldn't mind. All, not that. all ceremonies have to be happy and good. No, no, uh, this one is clearly in the latter category. So. So it's a pretty short one like it doesn't take long for it to repeat and it is fairly repetitive in itself even what's interesting is it's kind of divided up into parts where the percussion is playing like those kind of you know dancing chime sort of noises and then when it's not and there's this kind of like a a low kind of windy sort of bass noise kind of going on while Hmm. the the simple melody just plays it just goes back and forth but I mean, first of all, it's got those haunting kind of droning noises, but there's something really kind of like playfully insane about that dancing percussion, like those little chime noises. It gets very, yeah, it's like, it's like a, an evil clown or a dancing witch or something kind of, uh, I think you brought up the dancing witch idea while we were listening to it, but it, yeah, it's just a, uh, a very evocative little track in the game. It's the way it's positioned against
1: the like base of, of the track. Yeah. Um, because if you just listen to that, you know, the, the, the uh, one sound, right. the by itself, you know, the, by chime itself noise, the chimes yeah. by itself, it, it almost would just sound like a music box or something. Yeah, totally. But when you put this ominous yes. like, underlying kind of terror driven baseline yeah. in there, it makes it uncomfortable. Yes. It no longer makes it feel no, like i a music so. box.
2: Not a music box I'd want to play for a kid or something. No, no, that's like, yeah, that's like fuel. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm glad
1: you brought this game because um, it's another one I looked at. You know, I wanted to hear what Secret of Mana had. I, I didn't play this game. I know it's a really, you know, well liked game. Yeah. I'm really impressed with the sound that's coming out of a Super Nintendo game totally. with this track. That's what surprises me the most is what they were mm-hmm. able to do with that uh, SNES mm-hmm.
2: chipset. So Very high quality for the technology.
1: Yeah, a lot going on. Sounds great. Yeah, and I mean, just the juxtaposition between the bells and the, and the bass line. Yep. It just makes for a really interesting feel, like mm-hmm. interesting atmosphere. That's almost something I could, you could get out of Metroid. Like the chimes are a bit too kind of silly or
2: something, but
1: but it's not far off. You just, you change those chimes a little bit and you've got like a really ambient Metroid track. So I really liked, I really like this one.
2: Yep. Cool. All right. I guess we're down to your three.
1: So my number three is from Firewatch and it is titled Prologue. Now Firewatch, great game. Uh, We covered it on the podcast, One of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Agreed. I've mentioned many times before, I love listening to music while reading comic books. This is probably the best thing that I can listen to. It's so great. This is another game where I could have chosen any track. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I thought I would start with the first one and there's a reason for that and I will uh, play it and then I'll explain why.
2: I I just about chose one from the game too, when I saw that you had put one on, I was like, oh, but you know what? No, (laughs) let's let Tim do that one. And then, Yeah. yeah. Cool. So here is
1: prologue from Firewatch. So, Firewatch is a game where you play as a character who works at a lookout tower in the mountains watching for forest fires. Now most of the game actually takes place away from your tower in the forest as you uncover a mystery but before you initially get to your tower there's an actual prologue to the game. So this track is playing and the game itself is shifting back and forth between text on the screen, telling your character's backstory and you getting to play like small snippets of the game as you make your way from your apartment to the tower. Hmm. Now, the backstory takes you through roughly 15 years of your life and your relationship with Julia. You're given different life scenarios and options of how you want to respond to them.
0: Mm
1: As you make decisions and the years continue on, you really start to feel like you're guiding the events of your character's life. The story ends up getting quite serious and very sad by the end. And for it to end the way it does leaves you feeling like you, the player, made mistakes with your answers. And you'd like to try it all over again for a better outcome, but you can't. And that's when you start the game in the tower, which is a fresh start for your character and, quite frankly, feels like a fresh start for you as the player.
2: Wait, so you play through all that in the prologue? That's the prologue to the game. And then that's just setting the stage to start the game. It's just like the tutorial. That's Um, incredible. But it it sets the stage of why you're
1: out in the middle of a forest at a tower. It's okay, like, it's like your fresh this. start, yeah. It's kind wow. of a fresh start to your life. But um, <laughs> man, like there is a good chance by the end of the prologue, you'll be in tears,
0: hmm.
1: at least Misty uh, yeah. for how kind of deep they get with like a, you know, a sad story. It's probably the most powerful and impactful like tutorial to a game that I've ever played. I just don't think I've been more intrigued to continue on in a game Mm -hmm. than I was after playing this.
2: Yeah. That game was, uh, it was a visionary game. Like there's nothing else like it that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's incredible. It's,
1: you know, the closest thing that I could relate that game to Mark, that you would definitely understand would be Samurai Jack, because you and I
2: oh, yeah. have watched oh, that's a great, probably uh,
1: almost every episode together. The game has the visuals. It's got the story. Mm-hmm. It's got the music. It's got the attention to gameplay. It's got the attention to every aspect of a video game. And they've gone you know out of their way to make each one a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And altogether, you just get an experience unlike anything else.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a very deep game, like you said um and yeah you can't help but get emotionally kind of invested in it uh, you can't the
1: story the story drives that yeah it drives
2: that emotion out of you but it's not contrived like it doesn't feel like it's sort of oh yeah it's like a murder mystery or something It, you know that you would see in a movie that's nice and tightly packaged up like i think there are some deep psychological issues at play, like with your character and what they've experienced and how you interact with the environment and the people in the game, uh, which is fascinating. It's a very adult game. Oh yeah, very, very Um, much so. Very fun though.
1: Very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, It's got some really cool moments, some cool twists Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Great pick. Very, very cool game. Great pick. All right, Mark. To your right.
2: number two. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention "Secret of Mana" was composed by uh, Hiroki Kakuta. Uh, so, just wanted to get that in there. Have you mentioned all of the composers so far? I have.
1: Oh, okay. I haven't. Been At least it. I
2: think I have. I haven't been doing that.
1: I'm no. not sure if you have, and I definitely I've been know trying to. If I, I haven't been, I, I haven't apologize
2: been. to any composers I missed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when in doubt, assume it's Nobuo Umatsu. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. So. So this is an interesting game that uh, this next one, my number two, that I played a lot of over oh, the last really? few years. But yeah, I, hey? I I never really, I knew the music was good. I just never really thought about it Okay, because the game was always so engrossing.
0: Huh.
2: Um, this was another one I hadn't heard of. Uh, no. And, and, you know, I'd always kind of vaguely been aware of it, but then sitting down and listening to the isolated track, It's like, wow. And in fact, the whole soundtrack to this game. So the game is called FTL or Faster Than Light. Um, And the track we're about to play is called, well, it's just you're in the Mantis worlds um, exploring. Um, But the whole soundtrack is, is phenomenal. So just quickly, the game, you start off in a ship. It's like a bird's eye, like a spaceship. It's like a bird's eye view down. You just have these little, people or aliens occupying your ship and there's all these different little rooms in your, in your ship, like a weapons room, an engine room, a shield room and your little characters run around and try to like put out fires, operate systems, fight enemies that board your ship. And you you go basically from galaxy to galaxy and there's like 10 of them. And you go from like planet to planet to planet. And there's all these random, it's random every time you play it. There's like different encounters that you come across. It's mostly like text driven, right? Uh, pretty much. Although uh, like the encounters are, but then there can be fights and the fights are, you know, there's an enemy ship and your ship has to blow it up. Yeah. And you, you're shooting each other and taking damage, repairing it. It's a, it's a neat little sort of strategy action game. Um, yeah, this was very intriguing to me because I
1: I had a game like this. Many, many years ago on my Palm pilot of all things. Yeah. Do you remember the name? I don't. Um, I'm sure I could find it, but (laughs) it was just a really cool little, like kind of this, now this one was a bit more heavily text based. Like there wasn't a lot of action, but it was managing your ship, going to different galaxies, you know, trying to mitigate attacks from other enemies. Mm -hmm. So much fun. And yeah, my, (laughs) my Palm pilot. (laughs) It <laughs> got destroyed when a shampoo bottle uh, accidentally like exploded without me knowing <laughs> and just seeped all over it and into it. Ah. So I, you know, maybe a year ago went to eBay, picked up a new one. I'm like, you know what? I love that thing. I still have all the files. I'm going to get that Palm Pilot again and play some of these games. So I got a great deal on a Palm Pilot. It was like 20 bucks. It's brand right. new. Right. It still had like wrapping on it. Right. And I can't upload any games to it because the internet we have now is like a version that's too advanced for the Palm Pilot, which I didn't realize was even a thing, but there's (laughs) different versions of the internet. (laughs) And this only works with an older version of the internet. So if I can find a way to roll back the internet then I can uh, yeah. maybe get these games downloaded again. Uh,
2: uh, sounds like again. you need to talk to a, like an IT person. I think who, I need a lot of
1: Bitcoin to make that happen. Yeah,
2: some someone who knows more about tech but, than Yeah, maybe. if
1: anybody out there knows a way to load up a, a Palm Pilot with games, let me know. I, <laughs> I would love to get these games on it again.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, it's that's the thing about this game. It's not... It, well, hold on, though. It is a pretty unique game, the way it's executed, but... The idea of having a spaceship and like, you know, taking it into little actions and fights and managing it and all that is hardly a new idea. It's just it's yep. done really well. The atmosphere in this game is excellent, and the music I realize later is a big part of it. So, uh, the composer is Ben Prunty. Hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Prunty Prunty. And uh, yeah, so it's the Mantis World.
1: Yeah, and just uh, a shout-out to Ben Pronti. Some people listening might know his work from the game Celeste, which was a very big indie Uh, hit.
2: Ah, right, 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 right. like talk about atmosphere that that creates and then meanwhile you're playing the game uh like fighting enemy ships and stuff while it's going on and there are actually that are these mantis aliens that invade your ship and they're a hell of a <laughs> enemy to fight they're really good at like hand to hand combat so they'll mm. they'll always board they always have these little teleporters <laughs> they come on board <laughs> and just fuck your crew up really bad That's so annoying <laughs> while you're trying to like getting shot by lasers and stuff yeah. so Um, but uh, yeah, this, this track just has a nice play of, uh, it's got a nice flow to it. It ebbs and flows. There's little like crescendos and rises and then it dips down. And then again, it's another one of these ones where it's got background stuff going and then just enters with these little one note chiming kind of chords that play like a very slow melody over the piece. And then at the end, you kind of get this really hypnotic breakdown of like uh just rising and falling sequences um and it's just yeah it's hypnotic it's kind of eerie in that alien kind of way but the whole thing is kind of pleasant at the same time so yeah it's it's an interesting mix of kind of feeling
1: yeah it feels like another one of these tracks that won't get in your way when you don't want it to right I, i imagine you're trying to you know, figure stuff out in that game. You're trying to figure out how to get the aliens off your ship, or you're figuring out how to fix your ship. You don't want something that's really like pressing down on you or Mm -hmm. or making you Mm -hmm. anxious. And while the track has a little bit of that in it, it's not enough to really make that the main feeling that you're getting from the track. It's not grating
2: on you or something. Yeah. I I really
1: like that one. Really has an outer space vibe to it, Mm -hmm. you know, you you kind of maybe feel like you're floating through space.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That game, I'm intrigued by that game. Um, Highly recommend to anyone who hasn't played it. Yeah, I might check out That super fun, eminently replayable game too.
1: Nice. So my number two, uh, Mark, my list wouldn't be complete without something from Castlevania. Uh-huh. So I went with the opening track of a game, that absolutely launches you into the excitement of vampire hunting. I find uh, music in vampire games needs to have a certain flavor for me mm-hmm. because I feel like vampires themselves like carry this air of sophistication to them. So certain music, certain tracks work better for me uh, in the vampiric situation. Classical music, obviously, is a style
2: mm-hmm. that I
1: feel like a vampire would listen to. Like that's of the course. type of music they'd be listening to. Of course. So that's what I like to hear out of my Castlevania music, which is maybe why I thought your Symphony of the Night track Rainbow Cemetery earlier didn't work as well for me. It mm. wasn't as much like this, this classical vibe to so it. It's it, too it,
2: modern in a way.
1: It, it didn't really match with kind of my idea of what a vampire should have playing well, you know, in their presence. And mm-hmm. Sure, we don't have to get into it. There's different types of vampires, and they could be listening to whatever type of fucking music they want. But anyway, this is just for me. I just like the classic, the yeah, classic, you know, style of of the vampire. So, I think this track ebbs and flows in a similar way to a classical song. You might be able to, you know, speak to that better than I can. But that is uh, the reason I wanted to bring it. My number two is from Super Castlevania 4. It is Simon Belmont's theme. So beautiful first few notes from the organ, then a quick tempo, and then the main track drops. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it drops in a real heavy way.
2: It just kind of like kicks you right into oh, yeah. gear. Sounds yeah, great. Like, that's the beginning of the game, right? That's that's the very first level. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's all those fences like rising in the background, and it's just yeah. it's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah, it really
1: gets you ready to play. Being the first Castlevania game on the Super Nintendo I noticed the track being, you know, much fuller sounding than what we've previously got with Castlevania One, mm-hmm. Two, and Three. Those obviously had amazing soundtracks. I like those tracks better than this, but this is a fuller sound. You know, going back to yeah. the, you know, the the capabilities of the Super Nintendo, you right. can just get a fuller sound out of it. And and you do get that here with this track. I don't quite like it as much, but it's a deeper
2: well, sound quality. It's almost to me the same as Metroid, Super Metroid, um, or Zelda and uh, Zelda: a Link to the Past, right? Like it's they 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 took advantage of the increase in technology. They stayed faithful to the kind of tone and and feeling of the originals, but they went off in a bit of a different direction. Yeah, and it's somehow. Better, but not as good. It's yeah, a weird kind of dynamic there. It's
1: like they're deciding to change because the technology al- allows them to change, Yeah. but they're not changing because they think they need to make the music better. They're changing because they feel like the ability to make the music better has presented itself, so they should take it.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense in a way. And that's not to say it's critical at all because it's all no great it's music. great it's music. Just, yeah. Um, no, that's a wonderful track. In fact, that whole game is, is solid. It's a really anything. impressive
1: game. Like they're doing yeah. stuff in that game that had never been
2: done before. Like rotating rooms. I know that. That's, that, that was never away. seen
1: before in, in any game. That, that was, was very cool.
2: That game was a, a really solid. The game. loose whip. Such
1: a great idea. Oh yeah, totally. Like, man, just to be able to throw that thing in any, any direction, dangle it below be you to hit
2: people. Very, very cool. Swinging. challenging to program for such oh, a system for sure for sure yeah yeah great choice great game all right mark what's your number one okay well we're staying on super nintendo uh, and again it's another one of these games that started on nes and got a, an, a worthy sequel on super nes uh the game is contra 3 the alien wars uh Did this you play game it? oh yeah yeah I this is a f- favorite a of, yours? of this game <laughs> um but i mean i've looked at speed runs of it and the people just <laughs> they well, literally crush this game into powder of course. so uh but yeah this uh the whole end level there's like six six levels i think uh it's just one gauntlet after another and in fact the name of the track is the final gauntlet and this is Part
1: two. part two. I know, I love that name. The final uh, gauntlet I part mean, two. Come on. I, like, I think
2: there's three parts, right? And so it's like you go <laughs> back to the whole success of battle thing. There's like one boss after another. And so you're running through the level. And at Contra, we all know Contra, right? You're a freaking like uh commando running through like various alien jungles or you know intestinal systems or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and uh this one just kicks ass like there's no way to describe it it's just a kick-ass track it fits the mood but you just get pumped up when you're doing this so why don't you go ahead by the way three composers on the game uh miki uh, higashino masanori adachi and tapi iwase uh, I don't know which of them wrote this particular one, but... Whichever. I think it was uh, Higashino. Oh, okay. I couldn't really... I did a little bit of digging, but I didn't dig that hard. So if you found that, that's Yeah,
1: great. I found that. He also did the music for the TMNT Nintendo game. Oh, no way. And for Double Dribble, Life Force, and Gradius.
2: Get out. So quality composer Tim, I'm right impressed there. that you looked that up and found that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's good work right there. Um, but anyway, he knocked it out of the park with this one, so... Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Final Gauntlet, Part 2. Possibly the best name ever. Okay, so a few things about this one. Number one, the final gauntlet, all three of them blend into each other. So what they'll do is they won't cut to the next part of it until it's gone through a full cycle. So you can get into the next part of the level and it'll still finish the previous one and smoothly transition into the next one. That's cool. Which is actually something that's very unusual for a game. Like Usually it's like you hit a certain... Part of the screen, or you transition a screen, and then it yeah, instantly changes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, come on, that is just like—that's cool. That driving, okay. But there's a few things. Number one, uh, headphones. Got to listen with headphones because there's. You're a some... big
1: headphone guy. I listen to the music with headphones.
2: Well, because you'll pick up on certain things, like only one yeah. uh, track will, like, one ear will be getting some of the music, and the other right. won't. Right. And in this one, the do you like that? Do you do you like? When... Oh, when it's done really well, like I yeah, mean, so, certain electronica tracks that I listen to will actually do. You can hear it moving circularly <laughs> around your head. That's when I like it when it's done well. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, it, when it, yeah, when it's done well, like um, i I'm, I'm not going to say all of them are, but this one it has these little bursts of drum that happen like. Unexpectedly, so it's like driving that beat like that, and then a little drum burst will come in, but it'll be off the main beat, but it'll set up the next main beat perfectly. And I don't know if I'm describing it well enough to pick up on that, but if you're listening to it, just watch for these little drum fills that pop in at these really interesting moments to keep it dynamic and kind of pulsing forward uh, in a in a really cool way. So.
1: Yeah, it makes it a bit more intense with those little do-do-do-do or whatever they're doing in there. Yeah. Yeah, very intense. Definitely last level, you know, music. Last level worthy music.
2: A hundred percent. I don't think you can argue that point.
1: I saw (laughs) saw on YouTube somebody uh, dubbed the music from Predator. Oh yeah. Over, over top. Oh really? Instead. And they were playing this level with the music of Predator playing. And, and I mean, it worked.
2: Wait, so both music well. from this and. No. Oh, just, just the. Just the music from, from predator, predator. to the level. To the level. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was you know, so
1: great. It's
2: totally Predator inspired or aliens. Yeah. Or any of those like old action movies. Yeah. Uh, which I love. So yeah, it's not surprising. Cool. Yeah. Good choice. All right, uh, Tim. Close us there. out. Well, I'm going to close
1: this out with a track from a game I've never played. I just happened to stumble upon it while I was looking for video game music. The name is See You Again, and it makes me think like it's a goodbye song.
2: Huh, nice.
1: And, you know, because of that, it's a softer, more lullaby type mm-hmm. track. And I just thought it would be a nice track to end things on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, when I found it, I was just thinking, uh, I want to, you know, just share this track somehow. And it it almost was a catalyst for just opening things up to all sorts of video game music. So my last entry is from Mega Man Legends, and it's called See You Again. So another, you know, shorter track, it's only about 40 seconds and, uh, it loops twice, but I love the peacefulness of the track. It's pretty perfect for an end game scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I didn't play it, but I do know that this track is one of the very last tracks in the game. Mm -hmm. So it is some sort of like farewell. Mega Man Legends is, um, like a Mega Man RPG. So it's oh, nice. like um they they jumped out of the complete just action genre and tried something different. It's like mm-hmm. a 3D uh 3D uh RPG game. So you know the type of game that would warrant a song like that after you've put right. so many hours into it and you're just maybe saying goodbye to your team.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: so I thought it was a really really nice track. It's a great mix of melancholy but also I find hopefulness. Mm -hmm. There's like, Mm -hmm. there's a bit of both in there. So I really like listening to that one. It just makes me smile every time I hear it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted, you know, to end on that. And, uh, and we did.
2: I I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just a nice send off. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. This was always a blast and I'll have to uh, start reflecting on the next one.
1: Yeah, get your list ready for the next one. Uh We ran kind of long here, Mark. I don't know. Maybe yeah, we'll just do five bad. next time. I don't know. We don't feel bad. But well.
2: Um, maybe
1: we'll uh, trim it to five. Maybe five we'll, do, seven. we'll do 10 again. It's well, yeah. Who knows? It's going to yeah. be exciting just to figure it out. The well, important thing is we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll. We'll, we'll see you again. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I might have to cut that out. I don't know. It's too cheesy. It's a little cheesy, but uh
1: Mark, yeah. No, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh always a great time doing these music episodes. My you, pleasure. So, Thanks
0: appreciate Jim. Appreciate it.
1: Everybody listening, if you're looking for a way to support talking back, please tell your friends about us. Share this episode with a friend. Just do it right now. Send it to them. Use your phone. Send them this episode. No context. Send it to them. Uh, You can also rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can send a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com. Or you can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And now that this episode's over, please head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like. Mark, once again, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time.